There's something that I always miss in modern society, which is like the anticipation of anything. So when you're a kid, you used to anticipate like films coming out. You used to go to the, the video shop and you'd be like, yeah, it's not going to be on TV. You've got to like rent it. You've got to look forward to renting it. And like for me, craft beer is almost like that. I'll order it, but I'm looking forward to it coming in and trying it. I'm looking forward to trying it with people. And I'm looking forward to so-and-so coming in so he can try it. And like watching people on a Friday night drink what's going to go on a tap. So it's that, that anticipation. And welcome to We Are Beer People, a podcast all about the many different people who help us enjoy beer. I'm your host, Rob Cadwell, and I reckon if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you are one of the beer people too. You might be involved in the world of beer, you may want to find out more about the industry, or perhaps you simply enjoy drinking the stuff. So join me now as I have a chat with one of the beer people. The sound around us is the purring of coffee machines steaming milk, the tinging of teaspoons, and the punctuated bubble of people chatting. Today, we're at the Hive in Crowthorne in Berkshire, a craft beer coffee shop that's just over the road from Crowthorne Railway Station. It was set up by husband and wife team Alex and Emma Rowley, who opened the doors in December 2020, just in time for the introduction of some punchy COVID-tiered lockdowns. But in the three years they've been open, they've created a pet-friendly space built around beer, coffee and cheese, has been a magnet for a whole host of vibrant communities. It's a central hub for families, friends, runners, walkers and cyclists to mix together. And it doesn't matter whether you're into beer, coffee or cheese, but it certainly helps. The common theme here is that it's a welcome place for all that supports independent suppliers locally and nationally. And it's a springboard for discovering new beers, cheese, coffee, passions, interests and people. And today we're chatting with Alex Rowley. So grab yourself a beverage as we head into the hive and have a chat with one of the beer people. Hello, Alex, and thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today. No worries. Thank you very much. And thank you for having us in at the hive. So we're in the snug at the moment. Yeah, we've turfed everyone out. So it's, we uh, have done. So we're very yeah. grateful to everyone for, for letting us do that. But it's been really nice to come in out of the cold. Yeah, it's, uh, it's taken a turn, isn't it? It has indeed, yeah. I think I feel like winter's here now, and uh, it's been very mild up until this point. Yeah, December's here. (laughs) He says in January, and that's all right. But yeah, so I just want to say thank you very much for coming on. I wonder if you could start by just telling listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Alex, and my wife Emma and I started the Hive just over three years ago. Um, We still don't know what to call it, a hybrid (laughs) coffee shop craft beer bottle shop tap room and we just really started it on a whim of a list of everything we liked and yearned for in this area that we could walk to and yeah just kind of went from there really so what were the items that were in your bucket list then that you're wanting to bring into your shop yeah i think with probably with any craft beer fan the, the dream is to have somewhere you can walk to that serves the drinks you like whereas the sort of pubs around our area do not facilitate that whatsoever so that was top of the list of good beer and then obviously if you're a coffee addict great coffee cheese obviously is up there 
and built on dogs. Uh, so he's put them all together and you kind of you can pick the best bits out of all the independents you've ever been to. Uh, and yeah, it's just become a bit of a community hub for like-minded people, really. Fantastic. It definitely feels like that. So um, I come in today and you've got a few dogs in. You've got grandparents with their children. You've got people <laughs> coming in, having a beer after work. Um, a real mix of things. And I know you do different events as well. So you do like running, there's games nights, quizzes and all that kind of thing. So it does feel like there's a, a reason for lots of people to be here. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, there's people in today that will be drinking coffee and sitting down seeing family or yeah walking the dog and then we'll see them later in the week for a beer or uh yeah a few beers with friends and stuff so it's a nice kind of crossover from day to night and just throughout the week people come for different reasons and yeah it's nice it's a nice feel do you feel like you've sort of created the place that you'd want to come to a hundred percent in in my mind yes purely because I still come here on my days off. So it's <laughs> a great sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign, I guess. Yeah. And so, as you said, the Hive celebrated its third birthday last month. Congratulations. Indeed, on touch wood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely amazing achievement. And I'm surprised that three years has gone by that quickly, but I also remember that photo you shared where this was just a shell of a unit. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, what, what drew you and your partner, Emma, to starting out on that journey um, to getting here, to transforming that and getting to where we are today? I guess really all the, the nuggets kind of started when we were drinking in tap rooms around the country and, well, more locally, I guess. And there's only so long you can kind of spend in a, an industrial car park before one of the groups says, OK, I'm going. If they're not into craft beer, they're not going anyway. It's a bit trickier to sort of get a group of people together if a couple of them don't like craft beer, so they're not going to go to a tap room in, you know, an industrial estate willingly. So I think that was always a nugget of like, right, okay, there needs to be another way, another place that this can this can happen. And then we went to my beloved Dexter and Jones <laughs> up in Nutsford before it was taken over, actually. Um, and I think that seeing that bottle shop kind of layout that they've got... Um, if you haven't been, it's a great place, by the way. It's awesome. I've had that to my list. I've not yeah. been, I know. Amazing pilgrimage so up to that. up in Cheshire? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just off the M6. Amazing, amazing bottle shop. And uh, yeah, we've now like been up there a few times since we've opened. But yeah, seeing that, it was kind of, then we walked back to my brother-in-law's house and I was just silent for about an hour. You were ruminating. It was, yeah, that little nugget was kind of, was pulling in. Because I think my first idea was to... Uh, buy an ice cream van and recondition it into a, a bar so you'd be pulling pints instead of Mr Whippies then I realised that was a terrible idea of licensing laws <laughs> yeah. so it's like right okay fixed premises I could see it being very popular though once you heard that sound in the neighbourhood yeah all yeah. the, all the uh, people come out yeah well I had a, play, yeah. I had a, had a good playlist <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was kind of the, the start of it really and then it was just writing that list of like this is what we'd want and then trying to get the aesthetic up in my head of how it would look yeah and then it was just really trying to find quirky properties yeah I guess that was probably one of the, the integral parts of it is finding a place and that could be home for this how did that go about how did you set about finding the place and how did you know it when you'd found this place uh, well luckily I, I had a I had a tip off <laughs> which is always always good to have so someone in the village knew I wanted to start this because I in my previous job, I had my own garden kind of design company. Mm -hmm. I actually did her garden. 
And I was like, I'm really going to start a bar and blah, 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 blah. Chatted to everyone that I could, <laughs> customers, <laughs> so they all kind of knew what I was doing. And yeah, she tipped me off to this place. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, we kind of had tapped it up before it was on the market. And uh, yeah, it was quirky enough that I could see, yeah, there was a... There was a little vision we had when we walked in, so that was good. Yeah, that's really good. It's funny how that all came out of that. I don't know, just a conversation with a, a customer at the time, like the, an off chance kind of recommendation that then led to this. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, you like to think it's kind of like, you know, not superstitious, but it's, you know, kind of, it, it, they all link together of like some of our customers I know from jobs that I've done. And I remember they, I saw a growler in their kitchen. I was like, oh, I saw even growler. Oh, brilliant. Da, da, da. That conversation started. And then they, have now come into me and it's like yeah it's sort of paying itself forward it's really good and how did the name the hive come out i wish i could remember <laughs> <laughs> um i think we were i can't actually remember any of the other names we came up with but they nothing kind of felt right nothing worked they all felt a bit forced of like you know the craft this the craft that or beer this or beer that or coffee beer beer coffee cof, cof, coffee coffee beer beer refeed <laughs> terrible terrible it was just stuck in there and then yeah then i think we were yeah. over, probably over way too many drinks we were just talking about right what is it we're doing here and it was like you want people to come in people to enjoy stuff together and it was like yeah a bit like a hive yeah like a hive we're making a hive let's call it hive nice so, yeah that's stuck that's really cool and um so now you've sort of created a place you have, is it six taps on, generally rotating? Yeah, six around. taps, um, always changing. So we generally only have one keg and then change it over. So just to confuse everyone. But that's always part of the charm, isn't it? So you can try something else when you come in and explore what's available. Yeah, we want people to come in and be like, oh, I had this last time, which I really liked. What's similar or what's mm-hmm. new or what should I try next? So yeah, it's good to keep it, keep it constantly rotating. Yeah. You mentioned prior to this that you were doing garden design and, and landscaping and, and that kind of thing. Um, how did those roles sort of help you in the role here when you were setting up the hive? Uh, yeah, I get. I think I started uh, probably a few years, about five years ago, say. Well, probably five years before starting the hive. And um, yeah, just started off doing gardens, doing landscaping, and worked with the garden designer. Started doing that kind of stuff. So that design element, which was always in my head, kind of could come out a bit more. Mm. And then by the end of it, I was almost designing outbuildings and outside bars and like the day before we got the key to this place I literally just finished building a bar in Marlow for a customer mm-hmm. who's now obviously been in a, a fair few times so it was quite a nice transition of being able to build stuff knowing that I was going to actually build a proper bar as yeah. well so it was yeah it was a, a nice little synergy into uh, building this really but yeah I've always been quite eager to build anything so I generally build all the furniture and everything in this place so that's got to have helped as well especially when you're starting out and uh, I guess every pound counts doesn't it at that point oh god yeah with me and my brother building everything not so much pounds as yeah <laughs> tens of noughts on yeah. the end. so yeah I mean that's one anything of the, you can do yourself is gonna yeah one of the scary things we thankfully we never had to budget for it but getting an outside company to come in and rebuild your entire sort of bar your bar or new business mm-hmm. that's a scary cost that thankfully we didn't have to didn't have to pay out yeah um and on the flip side were there any sort of skills that you felt you needed to kind of brush up on that when you're going into the hive or did, oh, have you been kind of learning as you as you went along oh god yeah, i knew nothing yeah i'd, I'd never uh, poured a pint <laughs> or made a coffee yeah so uh, yeah pretty much everything how did you go about um learning those sorts of skills uh <laughs> thankfully i know an independent bar in camberley 
and the guys from there, he actually gave me his business plan to base ours on, mm-hmm. um, which is really helpful. So when I was chatting to him, just literally pulled a few beers, that kind of got that in my head. That was like the week before. And then the coffee side, which was much more, because, you know, that's got to look pretty. Mine still don't look pretty, but... Um, our coffee supplies in Reading, opposite Double Barreled. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, happy days. I can yeah. go and train making coffee there and then go and have a few beers with Mike so, and Lucy. Yeah. And, yeah. Two birds with one stone uh, on that visit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there's no typical day of the week uh, for you, but could you describe what one might look like for you? Yeah, I guess uh, well, a typical day for us, I guess, is that we're normally open at, say, nine o'clock in the morning until half nine, 10 o'clock at night. So it's a full on kind of active day of everyone coming in different times, completely different people during the day. So yeah, generally we're in quite early, have a little morning coffee rush in. And then if it's later on in the week, a wealth of beer will turn up, which needs to be sorted and priced and put out and added on the system. Whilst obviously we then go through like a, a busy lunch period. And then that'll normally have a little bit of a breather. And then, uh, Gradually and gradually, it'll get more and more beery, which is lovely. Like a dial is just being turned as you go through. Yeah, the day. yeah, you yeah. can sort of slowly see a few more smiles, and uh, everyone gets a little bit louder, and uh, people yeah. are talking to each other more. Yeah, it's brilliant. Just looking into that a little bit more, what does your role actually involve then? Uh, I guess putting on lots of different hats throughout the day. <laughs> so at any point of the day, I can be in a be in dishwash, be be chatting beer with people be you know speaking on the phone to brewery suppliers we obviously get quite a few brewers in mm-hmm. so we can speak to them quite a lot which is amazing still quite surreal actually uh, and yeah really just kind of chatting with all the customers really and it's like the weird and wonderful conversations we have with everyone and people are obviously very supportive of what we do and how we got here so we kind of and everyone's fully on board with what we're trying to do with especially with the beer we've kind of turned so many people into craft beer that didn't know anything about it that are now you know as soon as they walk in the door I know exactly what new beer has come in that they'll like and it's like right yeah you need to drink that and that and like you already like this it's still quite amusing how many people think that the because we've got about say 300 350 beers mm. how many people think they're soft drinks and they come in and like, these are different soft drinks you're like no 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 <laughs> much much more interesting yeah. than that <laughs> and that's the joy of the can design isn't it where they just look make them look so vibrant yeah so if someone comes in just has a coffee and they kind of draw and if they go up to the toilet or yeah. going up to the beer den then they you sort of slowly see them like stopping and okay asking questions like what actually is all of this stuff yeah then obviously we can give them tasters from the tap and yeah find that's out, really good find out who they are if they're a sour person or they're a stouty yeah they might not know yet <laughs> no exactly um, it's always interesting that, and to be honest can't really help yourself sometimes when you read a, a beer description and it does sound like a soft drink doesn't it or some sort of vanilla kind of yeah. pastry <laughs> something you're like oh this must be alright and if you don't know about craft beer then um, why wouldn't it be yeah, I mean, Christ, some of the sours in the moment, especially in this season, they're almost like ingredients for a crumble or something. Like <laughs> they've yeah, gone yeah. fully into it. And how do you how do you divide your time uh, between yourself and, and Emma? Do you have kind of set roles that you look after? I'm definitely beer ordering and displaying of beer, which happily ticks my OCD. <laughs> so the bottle shop is my is my child <laughs> that I look after. 
M thankfully looks after a lot of the staffing HR much more diplomatic than myself and yeah I'm generally here quite a lot just chatting and jumping in where needed Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so I'm kind of more hands on I guess and yeah M's much more hands on with with our two little girls which is greatly appreciated thankfully so I think it needs both of you doesn't it to have those different things that you bring to the business and to do it together and you mentioned before like the opening hours as well making sure that they work with family life yeah so we've literally we've just kind of um, changed that up so we've we're now shut on a Sunday mm. just so we've got like a day with with our two with our two kids and then opening Monday to Saturday so that'll be a good thing I think it'll just refresh the fact that we're not so stressed yeah totally <laughs> we have a bit. I think it's the sort of change that makes it sustainable that we've done three years and you can do many, yeah, many more I think, yeah you've got to like you know you've got to pick where a, po- a potential stress point is and I think the fact that we could I could be called in at any point at any day yeah that's kind of yeah that has a an end I guess so that's kind of yeah that would chill us out a bit yeah definitely and um, what's your favourite thing about your role I, I honestly don't know probably I don't know, just like a like a child, like reliving <laughs> my my youth almost. Of just, I was actually I actually wrote something down when I was like thinking of when we'd be chatting, and I was mm. like, there's there's something that I always miss in modern society, which is like the anticipation of anything. So when you're a kid, you used to anticipate like films coming out. You used to go to the, go to the video shop, and you'd be like, yeah, it's not going to be on TV. You've got to like rent it. You've got to mm. forward to renting it. And like for me, craft beer is almost like that. I'll order it, but then I'm looking forward to it coming in and trying it. I'm looking forward to trying it with people, and I'm looking forward to so and so coming in so he can try it. And like watching people on a Friday night drink what's going to go on a tap. So it's that that anticipation is, I think, my. It's a weird answer. No, I, <laughs> I, like, I, t- I totally get that. It's yeah, the, um, that 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 kind of little joyous thing of like, I know somebody's really going to like this. Yeah, and almost liking that journey from ordering it to seeing it out there to seeing people drink it I guess yeah it's that um, as you say in society at the moment everything's instant gratification isn't it yeah just, it's like, oh, if you want oh, to watch a film you just click it click on it and it plays and all that you've not yeah, really got to any, wait anything is like you know you can Amazon something it'll be it's basically there the same day and you're like exactly yeah but I think the thing you mentioned about um, that anticipation of bringing joy to others that's something um, JD who I spoke with mentioned the same thing so when he was working in the cellar Yes, uh, he came <laughs> yeah, across definitely. a good beer going oh that's nice I cannot wait to like uh, try you know get that pouring upstairs and seeing what people's reactions are going to be or recommending that to someone because I know they're going to like it it sounds like a similar thing yeah it's so it's like it's like customers I know like their favorite hops are mm. and when you sit when I see that like you know someone's releasing something that's dry up to this I'm like oh he, he's definitely gonna like that and I love it definitely like that yeah. and then it's from that moment I've got that in the back of my mind so as soon as it comes in and they've got it I'm like right cool that's that's good I know they'll be happy you know someone's gone far down the rabbit hole of craft beer when they have a favourite hop don't you <laughs> that's, they're in deep at that point yeah well they just have, they have hops they definitely don't like and hops they definitely do yeah <laughs> oh, I never thought I'd be that guy yeah <laughs> that's good what is your favourite hop Ooh. I think it's Rawaka mm. at the moment I don't but, think I've had that or no, oh no lord what, what are we talking about um Polly's part of their hop studio range did a single hop rewaka mm. and it was chewy beyond belief Ooh. it was ludicrous so big and I I gave it to uh, John at Disruption Andy at Elusive a few other people just anyone that's delivering me beer basically yeah, have one of these I, see, and I was like you need to drink this like take this drink it 
and like a day later I'd get a text message for them like oh my god that's amazing that's yeah and then track did a, a single hot version as well which was mm. just oh I have to try so that good. do you have any left in stock <laughs> no I think oh. I drunk most of it and annoyingly <laughs> if something comes in and it's really good yeah I'll obviously I'll sell it to everyone else yeah so what's good I'm like that this is amazing yeah, yeah. you want that, to that that would change your life drink that yeah <laughs> that's right I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out for that like Nelson is you know yeah. my, my consistent love but I think at the moment yeah sweet spots for a wacker of, I'll have to keep an eye out for that can I change my mind actually it's Nelson it's always there that's, uh, <laughs> that sort of white winey kind of things isn't it yeah I'm, I mean I'm, I'm quite a freak I still get like a nutty taste out of Nelson, some Nelson hot beers it's, mm. yeah oh I love it how would you say your role has evolved over time well I I'd like to think I know a little bit of what I'm doing now. <laughs> Whereas we first opened, yeah, me and me and Em had absolutely no, no idea. I think we planned to be selling about 40 beers and making about 75 coffees in a week. I think we did that in a day. Wow. Yeah, we massively, massively underestimated um, the fact that people actually come to us <laughs> um, so yeah that was a massive learning curve straight away of like oh, okay people yeah. are actually going to come and yeah we're actually going to be quite busy and the bottle shop got because we opened in December so the first few weeks mm. was Christmas week after you know, three weeks and yeah the, bo- the bottle shop got absolutely hammered just came in and I was like okay we really haven't, haven't got many beers left at all so now it's just because we are turning over so much and it is busy like now I'm free to order within reason pretty much anything mm. I think will will go well and our customers will like so yeah that's I guess how it's progressive like I, that anticipation of knowing what our you know some styles just don't really sell as well I think or like here for some reason what's really popular around here and what's well what's definitely more traditional mm. you know beers don't don't really sell it because we're, we are so kind of small batch mm. craft hop forward but yeah like any like New England's West Coast absolutely fly obviously our stouts will, will sell anyone yeah. that loves stouts will, will come and just be loud they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. smell the stouts yeah. actually, before they see it <laughs> they'll be there um, but I think sours really surprised me more than anything unbelievable like I guess it's a style probably three years ago it was still was obviously there and prevalent but just having people try it, I think, on the taps, because you always try and have a sour on, is just now I think that the drinking bottles in the shop is, itself, they just fly out and mm. everyone tries all different weird and wonderful things. And they're, it's a, probably the best sort of style of beer to try together with like, different people, just because mm. they're so diverse and, well, frankly, insane some of them, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, that's it, isn't it? It's just the range you get, obviously, within beer as, as a whole, but within sours. Yeah. You can have something that's like one of those sweet packets, the dip dab thing. Yeah, kind of thing, oh, it was, and beyond, can't you? Well, one of our um, staff—he's he no longer works for us, but he helped design the um, the hive branding. Frankie, mm. he had his wedding reception here. So when he got married, and um, he lives in Reading, well, Woodley. And he was—I like, really want a sour. Like, fan, he loves Phantom sours. Mm. So we got the—I uh, can't remember what it was, but it was green. It was like the mermaid sour, I think it was. And um, <laughs> had that on tap lovely as soon as they got back one person ordered that and just had this bright green drink and within 20 minutes every single person and everyone at the reception had this green drink 
nobody knew what the hell it was, but everyone was just like, I'm on the green one, I'm on the green one, I'm on the green one. And everyone was just had completely yeah. different reactions to this beer, but everyone almost had another one. Yeah. Just because it was, yeah, just the, the theatre of it, the experience of it was... That's amazing. It's kind of like social media, but within a... Yeah. room isn't yeah. it space I think that and everything you've talked about it's all about discovery isn't it so it's yeah, coming like, in and trying things they might not have tried of, before there's a 19 year old drinking one there's a yeah. 75 year old sitting in the corner yeah knocking back a 8% green sour crack on that's right yeah. <laughs> everyone's happy there yeah. yeah we talked about what you like most about the role and like the different hats that you wear um, what do you think people might be surprised to know about owning a bottle shop and coffee shop I guess I guess probably the cost of everything is probably something I wasn't actually that sure of either. Yeah, especially like, I suppose now as well, they've got a rising cost of everything. But yeah, during like last year when the, all the electric and all of that was just insane. So I think, yeah, obviously in being craft beer, the margins are so kind of small because you don't want to charge a lot. Whereas you look at a pub's, you know, selling a pint for X amount, we're kind of similar price for, say, Two thirds, mm-hmm. probably lower, still less. Yeah. Equivalently, probably like a quid more or something. But actually, like the, <laughs> the markup in a pub is probably three, four times what it is here. So I guess that's that's the kind of thing I think when people come in that don't know craft beer, they kind of look at the price of something and they're like, oh, that's really expensive. Mm. Like, yeah, but like the amount of ingredients. I guess like breweries will probably say the same thing. Obviously, it's like, you know, it's only X amount of ingredients in what you're drinking in a Green King pub to what you're drinking in a tap room of like yeah. how that beer is made. So I think that's probably something that naturally isn't understood by people that, you know, aren't that involved, I guess. But I think everything else, thankfully, everyone's pretty, because we kind of know everyone by name, you know. Well, to be fair, I probably know the dogs' names more than people because my memory's terrible. Uh, yeah, I think everyone's quite kind of knows that we've got a family so they know if they don't see Em for a while it's probably because she's got the kids or if they don't see me for a while for example the kids or, or yeah. something and and they'll know if the kids are in because they'll hear them because they'll be running them off somewhere <laughs> but no other than that I think everyone's quite yeah quite relaxed with how we are hopefully as owners and appreciate the fact that we've got two kids and we're always in and out and juggling yeah so yeah apart from that and what would you say to someone listening who might be considering uh, setting up a, a shop like you have? Yeah, um, probably the same thing that a similar person said to me who had their own independent bar. Just stop worrying about it, stop talking about it and do it. Although that was three years ago. Um, so there's a bit of change now in terms of it being more expensive to do everything. But essentially, I guess in some ways, you've just got to take a bit of a punt. I mean, this was... A, a bit of a daydream potentially was going to work if it didn't work it would have been a massive catastrophe but at the end of the day you just got to go for it yeah I had the idea for quite a few years and could have talked myself out of it at every opportunity mm. almost did several times and you yeah I suppose especially with the craft beer scene you're like is this the right location are there people that like craft beer here but as I said to like quite a few of my friends that were like yeah, but the, the pubs are full or the pubs aren't full. It's like, yeah, but that, that's, not your, that's not your audience. Mm. Your audience are people that aren't in the pub because they don't go to the pub. And like, same like, yeah, but there's a Costa. Yeah, it's not your, your audience isn't Costa. Your, your audience is people that like independent, good craft, coffee, beer, whatever it is. That's, so you're kind of basing it on that. It's like, yeah, if, if there's loads of pubs that sell the same thing, 
they can be fooled. Actually, there's still so many people at home that are wanting someone like you to open. Yeah, totally. But I guess that's something you've done as well, isn't it? You've um, obviously worked with local and national, you know, independent uh, breweries and things like that, but also, you know, things like cakes, pastries, uh, your coffee you mentioned, that's all local as well, and local providers you're working with and supporting. Yeah, I mean, our, we've, we had an ethos from the start that we didn't want anything mass-produced, so even though to a point of we won't, won't do like Coke or Diet Coke, mm. just because kind of goes against everything so we've got a smoked cola oh nice <laughs> so when people come in well it pairs perfectly with spice rum <laughs> that was its flavour profile right yeah that's good yeah that's good and um, you've got a few rums here as well haven't you yeah again you know sell what you know <laughs> people ask what we don't do whiskey so I don't know anything I, yeah, that's so fair I, enough, I, yeah I can't sell it if I don't know it I confidently know about rum so I can sell yeah, that yeah I know that's really good yeah and again it's independent brilliant um, but yeah stuff, stuff like that it's like everything we want so local bakers small as we can get them so you've got one lady who does our brownies for example you know independent baker in Basingstoke who does all our pastries yeah coffee guy in Reading and then as soon as we hear if any customer says about a new brewery or have you tried this brewery mm. and it's like a one man band or like a nano brewery somewhere like yes straight on it love it so yeah that, that's that, that's like probably the funnest bit for me it's like when we've, yeah like pipeline met Johnny through Phantom, yeah. and just chat to him. It's just like him yeah. down in Cornwall. It's yeah. like that is exactly what we wanted. Like you're never going to try his beer on tap around here anywhere unless I get it in. And we did get it in, and it's outrageously good. And it's like that is sort of yeah. testament to what we're about. Yeah, perfect. It's really good. And you can do that really if you're a larger coffee shop in the same way. Um, it might get lost, I guess, and you know, yeah. or a chain. But you can bring that in and kind of focus on. It's, okay, yeah, I think it's no matter how successful this is, or if you got the thought of opening another one, stresses me out. But you know, <laughs> no matter how big you got, it's like you can never lose that original list that you wrote and that original concept of we're not going to sell this just because it's cheaper. We're not going to sell this because it's cheaper. So many cost cutting things you can do when the price of electric went up through the roof for like mm. quadrupled. It's like, all right, do we cut costs on anything else? It's like, no because then you can't go back. As soon as you make that decision, you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like never never have core beers kind of thing. Like, never have a permanent tap of a line. It's just like things we kind of said to ourselves when we opened, that's what we wanted. And I think you just got to, got to stick to that, really. Mm-hmm. I hope you're enjoying our chat. And if you like what you're hearing, there are a few things that you can do that really help us out and help other people find the podcast. Number one, follow or subscribe to We Are Beer People podcast wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review or rating. Number two, share the episode on your socials or even in actual real life. And if you want to stay up to date with all things We Are Beer People, you can visit our website, wearebeerpeople.co.uk, where you can sign up for a monthly newsletter and you can follow us on social media at We Are Beer People. And if you have any questions or comments or want to hear from any beer people, then pop me a message. Now... Back to the podcast. You talked about doing things like collaborations as well with breweries and going out with them to create yeah. brews with them and the hive. Is that a part of the role that you really enjoy? Brewing yeah, together? it wasn't anything that I thought would happen, to be honest. You know, totally wet behind the ears when you first open a door and pull a beer and you're like, <laughs> and then, so the Phantom were elusive. Um, said, oh, do you want to brew a beer? I was like, bloody lovely, yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, Why wouldn't I? Yeah, I think at Phantom we did a little... 150 litre pilot brew mm. 
which is just on, on keg. Funny enough, that's called Pipe Dreams, which was, which was fitting. That was really good. So, yeah, we've obviously picked the hot profile. Yeah, what we wanted to taste, what we were dry helping it with. Yeah. Um, and then we've done a couple with Elusive, who have been super supportive of us. Kicking in with their, obviously, retro gaming thing. So we did it based on Alex Kid. Okay. And then, yeah, I've done a few more with Phantom, a couple with Disruption on my beloved John Carpenter films, a part of my nice, yeah. 10 beer series. Yeah, and then we, we, we've brewed a few beers for like the climbing centre that I climb at. So we've done an Oakwood mm-hmm. beer because we, we run a bar there. Um, Elusive have helped us do some for like local schools yeah. to make some beers for them. So yeah, that's like an extra bonus of I never had planned of like combining different passions I've got for that's really nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. other other nerds might enjoy yeah well you've done that because you did uh, obviously collabs with Mysterious and Tap Takeovers with you know them and you're talking about other Tap Takeovers as well that you've got coming up yeah the Takeovers are obviously we really wanted to do that with like Elusive and we've done them with Phantom and like our local guys as well mm-hmm. so like and Mysterious as soon as they started it was like definitely do a Takeover and they brought a great crowd down and just really like yeah focuses like on, on the local scene as well but then also to have the opportunity to do you know a Polly's takeover or a Rivington takeover yeah it's like why why wouldn't you yeah absolutely <laughs> um, what's not to like yeah exactly point, yeah we kind of go sometimes go a bit overboard and get some like design work done and and stuff just because the nerd in me can't help it yeah but yeah we've got a Rivington takeover booked for leap year day because what a better way to spend an extra day of the year. Nice, yeah. I forgot it's uh, this year, isn't it? Have there been any people on your sort of journey into the world of beer that have been particularly instrumental in um, you sort of learning the ropes as you go, you know, or finding out how to do things, that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Well, from the off, I was obviously drinking a lot in tap rooms, so initially I was kind of chewed the year off. Mm. <laughs> as many <laughs> everyone, as possible. Yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. everyone. Yeah, speaking to Andy originally elusive as everyone probably says in a podcast of like Andy's helped me somewhere along the way yeah I think I need to start up a bingo for when yeah. Andy Parker gets mentioned or nicest man in beer yeah. but he, he does very well I think he yeah well, he, he came to see the shop mm. when it was a well it wasn't anything it was just a white box and I went yeah, just to get his advice on like the cold room and the, the beer dispensing which was invaluable mm. I, it's just something I didn't know at the time um and yeah, Mike and Lucy are double-barreled. Yeah, that's like the, the sort of the original kind of people. And then ever since we opened, really. So, you know, John over at Disruption, Dane and Phantom, Ken and Mysterious now. Now he's started brewing, amazing. Yeah, it's so many people that kind of you just naturally become part of your community. Yeah. Because obviously you hear it's a really nice the beer seems really nice anyway and accommodating but as soon as you start actually a business and you start buying from people yeah it is kind of all true it's not just the drinking not, not just the drinkers that are kind of nice in craft beer actually everyone involved in the industry has been yeah really good that's really nice yeah. I think that's got to be something that feels good and I think going back to your first point that December three years ago when you opened and you took your sort of week's predictions in a day that must have felt good as well yeah it's I mean even now it's like completely I mean this is surreal in itself mm. like doing a podcast on a 
beer shop that we've opened. A very, very small podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Even so, this is just... It was just to put you in a pair of headphones, really. That's the main reason for this. (laughs) But yeah, it's very good even when customers, you know, when customers praise you on like a Friday or Saturday night and someone says, oh, it's really cool. Like, thanks for like opening. Just like, yeah, it kind of like chokes you up a bit and you're like, damn, like it's actually... Yeah, you kind of think this is exactly how you want it to be. And when we opened, it was COVID. So we opened for two and a half weeks. And then that was with, uh, what was it? The old pork pie, substantial meals, oh, malarkey. Yeah, you could only have a drink if you had yeah, so we were, food. You know, well, we were, we were selling cheese boards like they were going out of fashion. Yeah. Um, and then we had to shut completely for after two and a half weeks. But silver lining actually worked perfectly that we're a bottle shop so we could still open as a bottle shop and do takeaway coffee. So, yeah, luckily it kind of... <laughs> there was so much I'd forgotten to do or hadn't done. It gave you a bit of breathing space. Yeah, I think, to be honest, if we hadn't had that third lockdown, we, we would have struggled because it's like, really should have done that, really should have done that. Yeah. So... It's really weird how that, well, that whole time period was weird, but just how that affected everyone, you know, differently. And Yeah, and that was one of the, God, I remember the first lockdown, I spent weeks walking the streets of Crowthorn, drawing a, a physical map that I had to send to the highways patrol just to get a license because they refused to believe there was a car park. So I had to count every space for like five miles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, then I think the first day we got the key was the first lockdown no, the second lockdown and the day we opened that second lockdown ended so that four weeks was just build yeah and thankfully the builders merchants were open otherwise we would <laughs> everyone else was building then weren't they doing their sort of garden projects and decking yeah. and stuff like that so you're yeah. sort of trying to get the stuff you need probably yeah thankfully I still had some contacts so it was quite good <laughs> <laughs> yeah to find a way yeah that, was, that, was, that was a timber. good bit. But so as we're sort of sat here today, it's January. It's cold outside. Um, Very it's cold. Notorious time as well for being quite hard in hospitality and in beer. I was wondering if you, you know, could share sort of how you're finding things at the moment and any kind of you know approaches you're taking to sort of help encourage people to to come out if they want to do so. Um, yeah, I think kind of basing it on last last year's January was actually for us was really good, mm. and it was because that was our I suppose it was our first proper January because the other one was still kind of pandemic laced mm. <laughs> sprinkled yeah yeah a little dusting yeah. pandemic in there it was actually really good I was surprised how many people were drinking almost to a point when I was questioning them <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is it's surprising actually I think people still want to get out because I from personal like kind of perspective um, January and February pretty bleak mm. <laughs> the, the weather itself the bleakest like, I think after you've got, lost yeah, the uh, I mean, anticipation and excitement of Christmas yeah the thought of not drinking in January is mm. like that's tough I'm like <laughs> no I do it a couple of days but yeah you need something I think yeah I think um, moderation of moderation yeah yeah but generally I think people are really good we've put a, a, a 0.5 on the taps and it's actually not really going at all everyone's still kind of <laughs> drinking <laughs> as usual I think but uh, yeah, I think the colder it gets, the more people are like, yeah, I feel bloody hell, I need a drink. Yeah, exactly. It's the only way to warm up nowadays. It's uh, cheaper than the electricity anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now on to the exciting beer questions. If you had to pick a favourite beer, uh, what would it be and why? Oh, that is a good question. Mm, I think um, New England's definitely my style and my my go-to Um 
I guess if I could drink something, oh, damn, that is a tough question. I think my my nostalgic beer, which doesn't exist anymore, in the same guise, is a an ice cold straight from the brewery fridge of a bottled Soundwave back in the day when that was still small, small batch. Like that was like my nostalgic beer. That's what that's what turned me. I think I spent mm. a good few years just sitting back on there mulling ideas over and yeah coming up with having the dreams I think that's probably my nostalgic beer but yeah I don't know there's too many now to just have one one beer I'm well you've like, got 350 out yeah. there haven't you there's yeah. a few to choose I mean, that, but that's the beauty of it isn't it it's like yeah. you, you can't pick one but I think my, my I'd say my my perfect beer would be probably like a 5.6 Nelson and Maraca Hop New England beautiful Lovely. I'm guessing is it is your favourite beer style then New England IPA yes. these days? Yeah, it's never really changed too much. But then you know you can you've got to smatter that in with everything else. So last night I was drinking a nice session chocolate stout, which just yeah that just hit the spot. And like some days you know no, West Coast is really gonna yeah gonna do it. I'm still not. I, I love a, I love the idea of a sour. And I love the first sip of a sour, but I can't quite drink two thirds of a sour. Just the, it's the sour for me. But my M absolutely loves them, so I always have a bit of hers, so I can talk about it yeah. and recommend it and appreciate it. But you don't have to finish the glass. Don't have to finish the glass, no. <laughs> right. And how about your favourite place to enjoy a beer? I suppose it comes down to the nostalgia, doesn't it? Really. Um, something about double barrels tap room that again the first few times I've been there that was it's always such a welcoming place I think that's that's definitely in there um it's actually a, uh, in Menorca a, a tap room called Biro O'Clock can you translate that for us Biro O'Clock <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly I went we went there we went there um just before lockdown and we hadn't opened mm. And uh, I was chatting to the guy, and he was again he independent. It's just him. Had two taps, load of bottles, all the crazy Spanish breweries, and yeah, in, in this right in the town. Can't tell you exactly where. Um, yeah, beautiful weather, really interesting beers on tap. And he just had a baby, a tiny little baby that we met, and we went back three years later, and went back to the same place. Spoke to him. And it was like his little kid was running around. My two were running around. He now had six taps on. We owned the hive. He had loads more beers. And yeah, it was just like a really awesome moment of like, God, I remember that little baby being that big. And I haven't even had this many beers. And yeah, it's just a perfect moment. And the weather was thousands of miles away. um, Yeah. yeah. Nice to cross paths again in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So I. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with that. Um, you talked about dogs as well earlier. Um, <laughs> how important are dogs to the kind of ingredients that you need for... Um, one, two, three, four. They were fourth on the list. Fourth? Yeah. It was beer, coffee, cheese, dogs. My mum's a dog sitter, so I've always got, there's always been dogs everywhere. Mm. And uh, knowing how many people have dogs and pursuing like a when you're drinking in tap rooms people can take their dogs because you're mainly standing outside so it was it was always a, a no-brainer of like definitely be dog friendly 
and I think it just it adds a different dimension to the community aspect of it just because dog owners speak to each other and people that don't have dogs still speak to the dogs and then you end up speaking to the owner so it's yeah. Often the dog first, though, isn't it? You say hello yeah, to the dog. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm massively good when people come in. I'm like hugging, hugging their dog. And I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> how are you this morning? You all right? Just follow the lead up. Yeah. 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 Oh, people do literally, their dogs drag them in here. Yeah. So, but we've had cats. We've had two Have cats. You? Yeah. We've got a mancoon that comes in called Hagrid. Wow. He's bigger than most of the dogs. How do you transport a mancoon cat? Have you seen a mancoon cat? They're massive, aren't they? They are massive. Yeah. Are, they on, are they on a lead? Are they being carried? No, he's. He's generally being carried like over the shoulder. Yeah, he's, he's hench. He's a big, big old boy. And the other one comes in an extendable rucksack bag. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have a good time out as well. Yeah, it's quite surreal. I think that's maybe the only other animal we did have a pigeon in, but it doesn't count. He didn't come with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was rogue. Yeah, he was just trying his chance yeah. his uh, luck on that one. <laughs> See the hive being all about community. I think I've noticed that you obviously have like a running club, you have quiz nights, you have gaming nights and that kind of thing. How have those all sort of been started and um, how are they going? Yeah, really. I mean, the the running club's a bit of a freak. It's like taking a night zone. It's got its own social page now. <laughs> so my wife, Emma, started that yeah. just because she really loves running, wanted someone to sort of run with. And there's, a, I think it's a left-handed giant, I think, have got a run club, which she was following, which she was really impressed with. And she went to start something similar here I think in all honesty she probably only thought it'd be like a couple of people I think now we sort of have a thing about 20 people a week on like a Thursday Thursday morning 20 mm. people rain or shine I always see the group shots afterwards as well. yeah it's really really good they've all got their own like tops on uh, yeah it's just taking on a thing and they all do like some of them do like marathons together so we've got like obviously the phantom run um, we're lucky enough Adam who works for us is a uh, elite runner so he wins a lot of them he's our like yeah he's our little ace in the ace in the deck uh, yeah that's come along really well and then obviously the quiz we, we started up which is really good it always stresses me out trying to find time to write it and not get questions wrong yeah <laughs> which inevitably every week I do yeah so apologies for that uh, yeah like game nights we've just we, we've, we've got a charity shop next door to us so I can go in and get the most obscure board games you could possibly think of and uh, see how they give them a little road test first and check they, they work they go in the pile yeah. yeah there's nothing worse than going in somewhere and you pick something out and it's half missing everything so that's it I did promise somebody three drink, free drinks for life if they could complete a baked bean puzzle Ooh. it was called the impossible puzzle and it was literally just baked beans oh my god and you you haven't seen him since well thank you I haven't been <laughs> giving him free beers yeah. <laughs> no he's holed himself up in the beer den which is the back room we've got oh yeah and uh we didn't hear from him for four hours and he was there bugging away went and checked I started getting worried I was like oh, is he actually going to do it no he hadn't even done the edges <laughs> then about four people turned up and his mates had come to join him he texted them all yeah. he's like look lads we'll get free beer they all turned up uh, three hours later no, nowhere near. Amazing. But I threw the, I've thrown the puzzle away just in case. Yeah. Otherwise <laughs> <laughs> you'd be bankrupt yeah. by everyone yeah. coming so in and Why, why did we demise? It was beans. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got coming up that you're excited about? Uh, I think, well, this, this month and next month we've got State of Kind. We've got their three beers for Christmas coming out which will be dropping next week, I think, which is, all, which is good. Nice. Collabs with like Rivington, Mackie Mackie and Drop Project. 
So looking forward to that. So I haven't had much from them actually. So kind of looking forward to that. Rivington takeover next month. Oh, got Andy's um, double Oregon releases. Oh, yeah, I saw that being teased on the socials. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> Sunset Double Oregon. Oh, it's, it's like some, one of those styles, like the Red IPA. Just you kind of creeps up on you, I think. If you're just like, no, I really do like a Red IPA. Yeah. Why do they not brew more of them? No, I'm always saying, anytime I ever see a Red. Hmm. Yeah, red ale or anything like that I always have it I might not have loads of them but I'll always have that as my first beer if I see red yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I get it just in case it runs out yeah I'm like that I'm, yeah <laughs> just that fear of that FOMO of like missing out I'm like no I need to drink it now quickly. yeah yeah off on a tangent yeah um, <laughs> then we, yeah we've got a few more um, beer collabs sort of coming up so we're rebrewing my they live inspired beer with disruption so a second one of those first one was consume and this one's going to be submit so more like retro geekiness excellent and yeah another climbing beer for Oakwood then I think on from there I can't even remember now probably a Halloween inspired beer another John Carpenter one love it um, yeah it's loads of tap takeovers yeah kind of looking to do some outward maybe some other stuff outside of the hive mm-hmm. yeah and uh, where can people keep up to date with everything the hive uh, so Instagram, we're at the Hive Proform. Um, obviously, website, Facebook, just search us, I guess. Uh, the Run Club's got its own social media, which is the Hive Run Club, I believe. I think there's a Dogs of the Hive as well, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we're on, obviously we're on Untapped, so you can follow us there. And then I tend to be about 97% accurate on all the bottle shop and Untap. Excellent. Yeah, no <laughs> as mean much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but probably the best way, yeah, probably the best best ways. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us today. No worries, thank you. It was really lovely chatting with Alex, and what Emma, Alex and the team at The Hive have created is a truly welcoming place with all the ingredients to keep a happy hive of people and pets coming back again and again. So thank you very much for listening, and I hope you can join me on the next one. And this is the part where I ask for your help. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review or rating or share it with others. This really helps us out and helps other people find the podcast, particularly as we're starting out. And you can follow us on social media, search for We Are Beer People, all one word. You can also email us at wearebeerpeoplepod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, share your thoughts, and if you have any recommendations for beer people you'd like to hear from. And until next time, don't forget... You, me, us, them, we are all beer people.